0: What's going on Bulls Nation? Welcome in to CHGO Bulls Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download their app. Be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I am Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Joined by all of my guys. Will the Go Gottlieb. Will underscore Gottlieb. Big Dave. Bow. B-A-W-L sports and joining us for today it's our guy mark k follow him at mk hoops gentlemen just a little over 24 hours away for the bulls play in game against the toronto raptors who's stoked mark i haven't know. chatted with you in a while let's start with you how stoked are you
1: i was gonna say it was the last time i saw you crying in your arms <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, not to relive that awkward and embarrassing moments, but um, am I excited? Was that the question? Um, no. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, I think there's you probably one person on this. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it'll change during the game. If for whatever reason they're doing the unthinkable and winning the game and and playing well and those sorts of things. I'll be excited at that point. I'd probably be more excited right now if they were going into this game with a little bit more verve than what they sort of ended their season with. Um, that sort of left me on a sour note from that point of view, I guess, which is also contributing to this general level of apathy. I've, I've been Matt pecked in that sense. So at the moment, I'm feeling it. But maybe, maybe if they're up 10 points midway through the third or something like that, my uh, perspective will change.
2: Dave, how are you feeling? Oh, you're coming to me? I thought you were going to Will next and then finishing off with the only person who actually wants to watch this game. <laughs> no,
0: I, I so, gotta sandwich you in as the
2: <laughs> only optimist left. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I'm always excited for postseason basketball. Period. Point blank. That's just what it is. I'm always excited to see it because regardless more so this season and obviously any other season, you got a 50-50 chance of moving forward. Um, It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. Like That's just what it's going to be. And I don't know what Bulls team you're going to get. Are you going to get the Bulls team that, you know, lays a stinker to Indiana? Are you going to get a Bulls team that came back from 20 down to Memphis and beat them? Like, you don't know what Bulls team you're going to get. Um eager to find out. Um, I think they're going to come out ready. I'm just, I'm I'm ready for playoff or play in basketball, I should say. So I I'm, I love postseason basketball. It's my one of my favorite times of year. And when my favorite team is involved in it, I'm excited to watch it.
3: I'm glad you corrected yourself because the semantics police are out there to make sure everybody knows that this is postseason play in basketball and not playoff basketball. The Bulls have not yet made the playoffs. And you mentioned Dave, 50% chance to get in. Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, our friend over there has the Raptors at five and a half point favorites. So I would say the Bulls are not quite 50-50. I know they're on the road. Raptors play Mm -hmm. very well there. The Bulls struggle on the road. I think it's going to be a really tough matchup and I, Went super in depth on a preview of that that you guys can go read on allchgo.com. Flex, I would say like this individual game should be exciting. Like these two teams, I-, I think really clash in a lot of ways, and and that'll just be like an interesting sort of chess match between Nick Nurse and Billy Donovan. But it's hard not to also bring in the longer term outlook for me. Like for the players and the coaches, it's like look forward to the next minute, right? The next possession one at a time, one at a time, chip away, chip away. And if you look anything beyond that, Billy Donovan was sort of saying at practice today, then you get lost in the outcome and you forget to play the 48 minutes in front of you. So I totally understand that. And I do want to enjoy those 48 minutes, but it's hard not to also just think about the fact that, yeah, even if they win, then they got to go win another game and then they got to go play the bucks and hopefully win one game. I mean, just, like, the outlook is not very rosy to me. And so um, I wouldn't say I'm, like, rooting for the Bulls to lose or I expect them to lose, but I do feel a sense of apathy about this game just because sort of the outlook of the season and the end result seems to be pretty set in stone for me.
0: It is an interesting chess match that lies ahead for the Bulls tomorrow night against Toronto. Uh, We'll break down uh, every, every week... Uh, obviously most bulls first and foremost what billy's lineup is going to look like and whether or not it might change based on the size of the raptors he was asked about that um following their regular season finale and uh you know kind of with a leading question of could we see patrick williams back in that starting lineup instead of starting small joey do we have because
2: i I was waiting for that.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was coming on his
2: way. But there it is right there, man. Uh, Billy Donovan talking about the rap. You can put that back, Joey. Billy Donovan talking about the Raptors size. To be quite honest, I think some of our difficulties rebounding have had very little to do with size. I think it's been more consistency of what you have to do, whether it's been rotational box outs or guys running to the rim. We could be bigger and still not rebound well enough. I think there are things technique wise that we have to do better. I mean, he's right. There are things you have to do technique-wise that you have to do better. But, Will, just overall, when I think about the Bulls and the Raptors, that is obviously the first thing that comes up into my head is the fact that they have absolutely struggled rebounding and more and particularly on the offensive side uh, of the glass. Um, What do you think um, can happen or what the Bulls should do as far as not only just size, but as Billy said, technique-wise?
3: Yeah, I think um, a lot of people would sort of suggest that Patrick Williams should get the start, whether it's over Crusoe or Patrick Beverly at the four, just to have positional size out there. Based on the way that Billy talked about this yesterday and the quote that you had up there, it seems like he's going to stick with the Patrick Beverly and Crusoe um, tandem out there with the Bulls big three. He mentioned a couple of times about how like securing boxes and elbows and not drifting too far towards the basket. And if the bulls are out in rotation, scrambling around, you still have to find those uh, boxes and elbows to secure the floor and the lane for rebounds. So I do think he is correct there. I'll also point out that like in that last game, Patrick Williams was not closing and like Scotty Barnes and and Ananobi had a couple of um, offensive rebounds that kind of sealed the game for the Raptors. And everybody was like throwing their hands in the air. Like why didn't Billy pay. play Patrick Williams. And like, let's not forget that everybody is also complaining about how Patrick Williams averages like 0.7 rebounds per game. And everybody freaks out about that all the time. So I do think it is going to be a team effort. The Raptors have the number one highest offensive rebounding game against the Bulls this year. They have the number three highest offensive rebounding game against the Bulls this year. That is what they do. That is how they make their money. They're a very poor half court offense. And so what they try to do is just junk up the, the half court and try to get offensive rebounds and steals and generate their points that way. If the Bulls can defensive rebound, I think this will be uh, a win for the Bulls. And that's a lot easier said than done because of how long and athletic those Raptors are.
2: Mark I I don't know. We were talking about, he just mentioned Patrick Williams and I just think Patrick Williams is such a big piece and a big part of this. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. As far as how many minutes he's going to play, but he's going to he's going to be out there a lot. Do you think his role is going to change somewhat, and will they just be like, "Yo, we need you more out there for rebounding than we need you more for spot up shooting," or do you think it would, "Yo, we just need you to be Patrick Williams kind of game?" <laughs>
1: um, I've just been on a, a Patrick Williams heater of late, so I don't know what to say. I know this is why I threw uh, this. I <laughs> no, I mean, I, th- I think I think the issue the Bulls are they have at the moment is like you need Pat, right? You need Pat in the lineup, but you also need Caruso in the lineup. But you kind of also want to have Beverly out there because you need his point of attack defense. But you also need Kobe out there because he's going to be an important trap and zone buster. The Raptors are going to throw three or four different schemes at the Bulls uh, tomorrow night. So you kind of need bits and pieces of so many of these different lineups but you can't necessarily put it all together. So whether we're rolling with Pat as the starter or Pat off the bench, whether it's Caruso or Beverly starting, I think there's going to be pros and cons or flaws for each of those lineups. For Pat specifically, like, yes, I think I would prefer him guarding Siakam to Caruso on on defense. And maybe that helps you in, in, in isolation defense. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it helps you on the glass. Maybe it doesn't. But where I start to think about it is like, where does this go offensively? Because I'm less concerned about the the, the defense and the, and, you know, preventing the Raptors from hitting the offensive glass. I'm more concerned about how the balls are going to score the ball, particularly when the Raptors mm-hmm. send two to DeRozan and Zach. Like, who are my best three or four guys after those two that can take advantage of, uh, you know, advantage creations that DeMar or Zach may create? And if you, we can dive into this in more detail later on. So for me, it's less about, Who's going to be on the call for defense? Who's going to be on the call for rebounding purposes? It's more who's going to help this team sort of try to get past ninety points on offense. I think that's that'll help their that'll help their defense if they can actually score the ball. So that's probably my primary call, my primary concern, to be honest with you.
0: Did Did you guys touch on yet the uh, plus minus of the Beverly Caruso starting lineup since they arrived? While well, I was gone, I mean, like it, it's worth noting, and it it's certainly maybe you could say regardless of matchup makes the most sense for Billy to go with the lineup that has seen the most success for him. Uh, Casey Johnson made note of those plus minuses with Beverly, Zach, Debar, Caruso, and Vooch in 267 minutes since Patrick Beverly was added to the team, that fivesome has a plus 14.7 net rating, which honestly, if you extrapolate it over an entire season would be very near the top ranking among, you know, uh, five-player groups. Meanwhile, you sub in Patrick Williams and sub out Alex Caruso and stick him with um, Levine, DeRozan, Vooch, and Beverly. In 129 minutes, that group is a minus 31.6. So if Billy is looking at those numbers, whether or not you're talking about Toronto and their size, he's probably going to lean with the numbers of a very strong positive Net group, as opposed to Patrick Williams, with those four being a very negative one. Plus, there's also the fact that Patrick and Kobe have done some really solid things playing together since Patrick moved to the bench.
1: Yeah, and just just on those numbers, a couple a couple things. So, firstly, that the Pat lineup, that those numbers are really impacted by that Suns game. The the Bulls started Pat in that game. Uh, he came in for Caruso. We obviously saw the Bulls get absolutely demolished by the Suns in that game. So that 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 is impacted from that point of view. But the reason, I think, another thing to consider as well, like if you're sending Pat to the starting unit and whether you're sending Caruso to the bench or whether you're sending Patrick Beverly to the bench, okay, maybe your starting unit is bigger, but what you're doing then is making your second unit extremely small. <laughs> so like if you're sending Pat Bev to the bench as an example, you're starting Caruso, you're starting. Uh, Patrick Williams next to your big three, then your bench is Io, Kobe, Pat Bev, and Drummond. With one of those starters probably playing with this, that second unit, so that that second unit then is extremely small. So have have you now, I guess, created a problem in that second unit? So I, coming back to my point before, like what, irrespective of what lineup they throw out there, I think there is going to be imperfect solutions. So whether the Pat, pat starting or not. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters whether Caruso is starting or not. Like, there's no right wrong answer as far as I'm concerned. But there's probably no right answer either, just based on this this uh, problematic matchup. So that's my kind of issue at it. And I was I've just been thinking about it. Like, who who makes more sense? But I think you make good arguments for both and and or a number of guys. And I don't think there's a, a wrong or right answer necessarily.
3: I, I I would add to that, and I think those are all good points. That like. It, it almost doesn't really matter because like the execution part and, and sort of goes back to the quote that we talked about, like the execution part is really what matters. Obviously. Like if you can have more size out there, that's better. But if that size doesn't also have the skill to be able to take advantage of, you know, the open threes that the Raptors are going to give the bulls to take advantage of, you know, being able to box out and, and secure the, the lane, I, If they don't do that, it doesn't really matter who's out there because they're going to be hemorrhaging points on the offensive glass and not able to get them back on the other side. So um, part of me thinks Kobe is going to be a really big fixture of this matchup because obviously he's got the three-point shot. He's the most reliable there. He's also a really good positional defender um, and I think does a really good job of just like going towards the defensive glass. Billy said today that this cannot just be all on the centers, whether it's Vooch or Drummond or both, like the whole group has to defensive rebound. Um, I I think that is the single most important. If you want to be reductive and boil it down to one thing, I think that's the single most important aspect of this matchup is securing the rebounds. They know that. They've got to know that. And so um, I think if that's as big a focus as it should be, it's going to come down to what other things can, you know, whoever that fourth or fifth person is, what what else can they contribute, whether it's on the offensive end or generating steals to get out in transition or finding, you know, weak side cutters or whatever it is. Like they have to be able to add something else. Um, And if they're not able to do that, then I don't even think it really matters. Uh,
2: you know, I, I know a coach, Will, who talks about what you were saying at the beginning, he calls it good size and bad size. And just because you're tall, doesn't mean you're going to be out there, like you're saying, getting rebounds and, you know, being affecting the game. Like, you have to have actual skill, you know, to go with that. Um, there are guys who can get paid just being tall, and Tony Bradley. But you actually have to have the actual skill to get out there, you know what I mean, and to, and to perform. But honestly, I think Andre Drummond is who's going to play a huge role for all of this. Um, he's going to have to play, you know, with that second unit. I feel like that's the only advantage the Bulls, only time the Bulls will have a real advantage of some kind. Uh, over Toronto is the second unit um, because they are they don't have a great second unit and we know they're not really tall they're just like <laughs> velociraptors like everybody's kind of the same size and can do a lot of the same things um, but having a guy like Drummond in there knowing that he can rebound knowing that he can block and you know he can get a couple steals or something like that But it just depends on which Drummond is going to be. Is it going to be good size or bad size? You know what I mean? For Andre Drummond on that one. But comparing him or combining him with Patrick Williams should be helpful for your bench. But again, just like the Bulls all season, we don't know which ones are showing up, you know, for the game. We got to find that one out. And the other thing I think was key of what you said, Will, is that fourth option uh, for the Bulls because I think that fourth option is going to have to be the third option because they're going to take away DeMar DeRozan. That's going to happen. They've done it every single time. As soon as he comes in the game, they're double teaming him at the scores table. So he's going to get that. Like, that's going to happen. So it's going to have to be whoever your fourth option is, it's going to have to be your third option, whether it's Kobe, whether it's Patrick Beverly, I don't know. You know what I mean? Whoever your third option is, whoever is going to be rolling for you that game, that's going to be the one for you, man, because they're not going to let Demar Derozan beat them.
1: Dave, Dave, you just 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 to touch on a point you made, just thanks. I think it was a great point, and this speaks to the the problem the Bulls have. Like, I don't think we're going to know their best lineup until we're in the game. So I think this is where adjustments become especially critical. Like, generally that they're they're obviously very important, um, but I think specifically against this Raptors team and how the Bulls are matching up against them. I don't think we can go into it feeling confident with any specific lineup. So it's going to be a game of adjustments and okay, I might have this idea of starting Caruso and Bev, but maybe Patrick Beverly is just not right for this matchup and maybe Kobe's got it going. So maybe Kobe needs to play 30 minutes tonight. I mean, maybe that's not the initially the plan, but it's going to have to be the plan in game. Similarly, like maybe Caruso is the starter, but maybe he's just not matching up well for whatever reason or things like things of that nature. So, I think their fourth, fifth guys are going to be so important in this game and probably going to flip this game. But I don't, I'm not confident as to un- understanding or knowing who that fourth or fifth guy is. So I think that's a really good point that you made. And I don't think we really know the answer to that until we get into the game and just have the games flowing itself. So we can have all these theories, we can have our preferences, but I don't think any of it matters. And it's going to be dictated by the game.
0: Yeah. And like going back to what Billy said about rebounding and size and how they're not necessarily directly. Connected, uh, our guy AK had a super chat. Joe, can you throw that one up from AK one more time? Bringing up the one of two huge things that determined who won the the three regular season games between the Bulls and Raptors. AK said, Raptors, Bulls, both teams average 104 points per game, but Raptors average 14 more shot attempts and 23 points off turnovers. You win the boards and the turnovers, you win the game. Um, in the two Raptors wins, they got 44 points off of 37 Bulls turnovers and 42 points on 42 offensive rebounds. The one win the Bulls managed to get against Toronto, they did still turn the ball over a lot, and Raptors turned those into points, but the Bulls, defensively to their credit, did the same thing, and points off turnovers was 23 to 21, so pretty close to wash, and The Bulls held the Raptors to just five offensive rebounds in that game and only four second-chance points. To me, whether you're talking about big guys like Drummond or Pat or whoever being out there, or your guards who can rebound well, like Kobe and uh, Pat Beverly, as I saw Eco being mentioned in the comments, you have to control those elements of the game if you want any chance of winning because we know that the Raptors aren't a great three-point shooting team either, just like the Bulls aren't, but you can't be that far behind by giving up Turnover points and second chance points. And that's what happened when the Bulls lost to the Raptors twice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I
1: think that's... that's... Why... Sorry, I was now. just going to say that. that's that's why I come back to my point that I'm I'm less concerned with the defensive rebounding and I'm probably more concerned with the offense itself and controlling or limiting those turnovers because the Raptors are probably going to do their thing on the glass. It's a bad physical matchup. Like, that's hard to take away from the Bulls. Like, you, you are small. Like, you, there's no getting around that fact that the Raptors are a massive human. There's, 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 that's hard to limit. Yeah, yeah. you can try to improve your defensive rebounding technique. You can try to get in the way, maybe try to get into less rotation so you're there to, to rebound. But trying to out-big the Raptors is going to be tough. But what you can do, hopefully, is control the ball. And if you are controlling the ball, if you are taking advantages of what the Raptors give you on offense, because they will. They, they will give up certain looks. The, but the Bulls have to make good on those looks. So if they can just score the ball that mean, that way we, we know the, the Raptors aren't getting in transition. The Raptors are a good transition offense, as we'll, we'll sort of note in any story uh, up on the website. If you're not letting them um, get into transition and get easy scores that way, then the real only avenue I guess I've heard in you is those second chance points because we know the Raptors are a, a bad shooting team, but they're also a bad half-court offense. So if the Bulls' offense can help, help them play defense, I think that's where it all starts and ends with me. So I think they're going to get hurt on the offensive glass regardless, but... What can you do on offense to limit this? What can you do to to help and assist DeMar DeRozan? And if you can score points, then that ultimately is gonna help your defense. So I, I actually think it's the offense that's more important personally anyway, but maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I'm going into it.
3: Yeah, I think it's important to note that like all these things are super connected. So yeah. you know, if the Bulls are turning the ball over a bunch, the Raptors are getting out in transition, they're scoring a bunch, and then the Bulls are taking the ball out of the basket walking it up, and having to play half-court offense against this Raptors defense that's like flying all over the place. So obviously, I think the Bulls are at their best when they're getting steals and getting out in transition. Well, the Raptors are the best team in the league at avoiding turnovers. They do not turn the ball over. So if you're not going to be able to turn them over, you have to really succeed in the half-court. At the same time, the Raptors are, I believe, second in the league at forcing turnovers. they're really really good at generating steals and transition points the bulls are eighth in turnover percentage so they don't turn it over a ton but if the raptors are better at turning the bulls over than the bulls are at not turning the ball over it's going to be a really long night so i think the main question for me is like can they get shots in the half court and i think a lot of that is sort of what you started to talk about mark of just like absorbing the pressure understanding and reading the defense what it is giving and then reacting and reading to that in the right way. And I think for me, Dave, you mentioned like who's going to be the second, third, fourth option. I think Vooch is going to be maybe the most critical person in this game. Obviously, like you said, they're going to throw a ton of bodies at Damar and Zach. Um if they just try to play hero ball, it's not going to go well. But if they find Vooch, whether it's picking and popping or rolling to the basket in the short roll, he's able to get that little push shot or you know, find Caruso or Patrick Beverly or Patrick Williams or Kobe White in the opposite corner for three, I think he's going to be huge. I think he averaged, what is it, 19, 10, and 5 against the Raptors this season, shot 58, 47, and 100. So I think like the, the offense is going to kind of have to flow through him for the Bulls to really take advantage of the pressure that they're going to get. But if they can just not turn the ball over, get the ball to Vooch, they're in a four on three situation every time. And I think you have to feel pretty, pretty good about your odds there, even though the Raptors are so good at scrambling and helping. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I want to keep talking about what the Bulls can do against this Raptors trap defense. Um, we will continue this Bulls-Raptors preview on the other side of this break. Uh, we'll also get to uh, some of our thoughts previewing these other play-in games around the league going on tonight and tomorrow. So stick around for that, too. Uh, while we are sharing words from our friends and sponsors, do us a solid hit that thumbs-up button if you're watching along with us on YouTube. Help us out a lot. of course, also make sure you are subscribed to our CCO Sports YouTube channel. Big Dave. Who's up first?
2: They never understood, Matt. That's who's up first. The people who don't get it. They never never understood. Oh, them people at Shady Ray's didn't get it. They said the sun is out. The weather's changing. Why should you pay so much money to look so damn cool? Shady Ray said you ain't got to do that here, man. You can take on the sun with the gear that's built to last. Our people over at Shady Rays got you covered with this warm weather with those premium polarized shades at a very affordable Will Gottlieb approved price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company offers that world class product that is just as any that's just as good as any pair of expensive sunglasses that you have ever worn. Those durable fl- frames, those extremely clear optics for those outdoor adventures. It's awesome, but that's not all. Every pair comes backed by the Matt Peck Lost and Broken Replacements plan. Hat gone. Glasses are on there. Oh, no, you've broken another pair. Damn. Shady Ray says, we got you covered. We'll send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. And if you don't love your pair, of Shady Rays, you can exchange that and or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop and they have got your back just like us. Here at CHGO Bulls, when we talking about this squad. So, exclusively to our listeners out there, Shady Rays is giving you the best deal of the season. Go to shadyrays.com and use the code CHGO and get yourself fifty percent off two pairs of those premium polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars, five of them, thanks by over two hundred and fifty thousand people. That's a lot of folks, y'all. Shady Rays, or the Rays, are oh-so-damn-shady. (laughs)
0: Oh-so-damn-shady. Today's episode of C.H.O. Bulls is also brought to you by our friends at ComEd, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program, which is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Mm-hmm. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, like for their HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Now, Mark, I can see it in your face. You're wondering just exactly how this works, aren't you? Yes, it
1: is. Matt, I've been wondering, like since we started this podcast, I've just been sitting here wondering, how does this Comet efficiency program work? Can you tell me more, please?
0: I know you were, and that's why I will tell you exactly how it works. An authorized <laughs> engineer will help work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last for approximately two hours. Then within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on right away. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, all of the savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback plans. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to com slash poweringbiz. That's comed.com slash powering biz what was that website mark
1: com slash powering biz
0: that's right schedule your meeting with them today um all right gentlemen so as we were talking about before the break will mentioning just how important vooch is going to be to to deal with this aggressive raptors defense and i mean they attack the ball handler on those traps and doubles, like basically as soon as you're across half court, if it's Zach or DeMar bringing the ball up, they're going to see those traps right away. Um, not letting the bulls get into their offense and Vooch being sort of a, a safety valve fulcrum to get out of those traps is going to be very, very vital. And like you said, Will, maybe it's, it's a, you know, a Vooch rolling or a Vooch uh, popping situation, but I think just as important is uh Vooch, you know, swinging the ball to the weak side or whoever has, you know, been left open from the man going to double the ball uh, as the Bulls are are starting those offensive possessions. And we know that that is a particular skill of Vooch, maybe an underappreciated, underrated skill of Vooch is being that swing pass guy um, coming out of those traps. The other interesting part of it is how DeMar is going to approach this. And if he wants to, do his best to be DeMar DeRozan or if he is going to basically let the Raptors take him out of this 1A offensive position that he oftentimes plays for the Bulls. He was asked about this Nick Nurse defense, um, and and I thought his his answer was pretty interesting. Joey, do we have that quote from DeMar about the, the Raptors defense? He said, that's Nick Nurse. I'm going to deal with it. I know how to deal with it. Uh, but playing against Nick and those guys, they try to do everything in their power to make sure I don't beat them. We got a couple of days to game plan, put together something. I'm aware of it for sure. For my sake, I have my own plan. Uh, I definitely have my own theory of how I'm going to deal with it. I I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be any different than what we saw the Raptors do to DeMar in these three regular season games in which he shot – The lowest number of field goals compared to any other team the Bulls face this season, score the lowest number of points compared to any other team the Bulls face this season. I I don't think DeMar is dumb enough to try and force anything. Mm -hmm. I I am a little bit curious about that, like, ominous, oh, like, I've got a plan comment he made. I, I don't know. What do you think we're going to see from DeMar if, in fact, Nick Nurse's plan is go get DeMar, go get the ball out of DeMar's hands, Dave?
2: I mean, I think, well, obviously, I think there's a plan. Um, I think DeMar has something on the horizon. What it is, we'll find out uh, tomorrow. But I don't think he'll go in the same way. Uh, Billy Donovan, I'm going to depend on him as far as drawing up something to allow him to get open and get some points. The only way I could see it being done in my head right now is is getting Toronto in some kind of foul trouble, um, allowing the ball not to stick, even though that's very hard (laughs) for a guy like DeMar DeRozan Mm -hmm. to tell them not the ball not to stick and keeping him in a lineup where you have to have another score with him. So that means basically if he's on the floor, Zach's going to have to be on the floor and you're going to have to make them pick their poison. You know what I mean? At that point in time, Uh, the game that they won, I know Zach Levine had a great game. Uh that game. He really did. He had a really good game scoring on that one.
0: Yeah, he had um, 30, I believe.
2: Yeah, he, he had a good game. So they made their decision that it's going to be Zach to beat us. Well, that's what it's gonna to have to be. Um, if if they're gonna do it this way. But I do expect Amar to make some kind of impact. Whether but I don't I, th- I don't think he's gonna be getting it at the top of the key a lot. That seems to where the double team happens for him. And I remember last year when he was bringing the ball up and as soon as he crossed half court, there was the double team, you know, flying at him immediately. So I think those things would be removed. They'll have to get him, you know, what I'm saying um, in the post, you know, what I'm saying maybe on the elbow extended with another shooter around him to get that pass out of there. Kind of treating it like Shaq. You know, if you remember how teams used to defend Shaq, as soon as he got the ball on the post. Whenever that double team would come, it was a shooter right there that Shaq could get it to. Now, of course, Shaq is I think Shaq was a better passer out of the post. Um, But I think that's one of the ways that you can get DeMar kind of going right there. And it's it's not going to be an easy situation, whatever they come up with or whatever they decide. But, yeah, I think they'll have something,
3: though. I think they'll have something ready. Yeah, I think a big key is going to be, and it sounds kind of funny because like I said, the Bulls are a top 10 half court offense, but I think the key is going to be to just get out and run as much as possible because part of the reason that the Bulls are so good in the half court is they're fourth in the league in field goal percentage. They just make a ton of shots. And obviously that's in large part due to the fact that DeMar is an assassin from the elbow and from the free throw line. Um the Raptors aren't going to let him get to those spots. Like you said, Dave, they're going to be picking him up, whether it's a double uh, or a trap or just a straight up like box and one, they're not going to let him yeah. get to his spots. And so what do they have to do? They either have to be willing to let Vooch and Zach beat them, which I think they can, um, or they can really load up on all three of those guys and just leave, you know, Caruso and, and Pat Beverly and Pat Williams and Kobe, Wide open, um, that's a dangerous proposition because you're just like giving guys wide open threes. But I think if you're Nick Nurse, you have to feel pretty good about just the odds of you know poor shooters beating you versus really good half court isolation scores beating you. Um, and I think if you, like I said, the, the Bulls are so effective in the half court because of how good DeMar is. So if you remove him from those situations. I think they're actually not very good in the half court. So if the bulls can like try to generate some of those steals and then, you know, get themselves into a position where they've got like a close game or they've got a little bit of a lead and then, you know, they can use that momentum to get into some of those three point shots. I do think a lot of it is just going to come down to like, do the other guys hit their threes. And that is a little bit scary for a team that doesn't really have any three point shooting and doesn't really have any other guys scorers. Um, which is also part of the reason why I think Kobe's going to be so big, but I, I expect DeMar to be very methodical the way that he always is. I think he's going to basically have to make quick decisions as far as like who to get the ball to right. As soon as he crosses half court. And from there, it's going to just have to be really quick decision-making, whether it's, you know, one or two dribbles from Vooch to the basket or find the open shooter. But like, it's a make or miss league. Those guys have to execute. I think DeMar will do the right thing. I don't think he'll try to force it, but he does have to make the right play to keep the advantage alive because otherwise they're just going to be sort of chasing around this Raptors team that's bigger, longer, stronger, more athletic than them.
1: I I think the template we've seen it before, we saw it last playoffs where the the Bucs did, the same thing that we're talking about the Raptors doing here, in the sense, and if for whatever reason yeah. the Bulls make the miracle in getting to the postseason, they're going to be playing the Bucks. We're going to be having this exact same conversation again. So we've seen it before. We've seen DeMar being in the situation where whoever the opponent is, whether it's the Raptors or whether it's the Bucks, they send two. Demar makes the right play. And in that game five, I think it was of the of last playoffs, he was making that right play every single time. He had so many opportunities or potential assist uh, opportunities, but the team just couldn't put down the ball and score the ball. So as Will noted there, like I think Demar is going to make the right play. I'm less concerned about that. I don't think this is going to be a game where Demar is going to get hit to his spots like you noted, Dave. I think it's going to be, like I would love to see some Zach, Zach uh, Demar pick and roll sort of action here. But like, that assumes that Demar and Zach are going to be you know almost in iso situations or where you can run a like a two, 2 versus 2 pick and roll i don't think the raptors are just going to allow that so i think demar is going to be taken out of this game from an offensive standpoint in terms of his scoring but he can still create so i'm not concerned about him making the right the right or wrong play because i trust him more generally i he's he's the guy i want the ball in 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 his hands in that sense so i think he's going to make the right play every single time but i think like Casey Johnson wrote about like Kobe being the X factor in this game. Will, in his story up on, up on our website, website, spoke about Vooch and his ability to impact the game on the short roll and sort of connect both sides of the court. I think they're both right. Like those two guys need to be the X factor, but will they be? That, that, that's the ultimate question. Like, will these role guys step up and do the thing after DeMar creates the advantage? I, I have full confidence that DeMar is going to create the advantage. I don't have confidence that the ball is going to maximize the advantage. So that's that's mm-hmm. the sticking point at the moment.
3: I want to add one more thing to that. Uh, you mentioned Zach and Damar pick and rolls. I think that's going to be super dangerous. I've been kind of talking about that all through the past couple of years. We haven't seen it a ton, but yeah. they have used it in the playoffs a little bit. They have used it down the stretch of close games, uh, both this year and last year. But basically, if you're going to bring two to the ball, and I'm not sure the Bulls should do that, meaning you know, if they're going to go have Vooch set a high screen for Damar, you're bringing two defenders to Damar and Mm -hmm. you're giving them a free pass at trapping them. So I think it may be smarter to just let Damar isolate. And that way, if a double comes, you have a little bit more vision over the top of who's available. But to the Zach Damar pick and roll point, if you can then get the ball, if if Zach comes to set a screen for Damar and Zach's man Goes to trap tomorrow. Zach's going to be wide open, and in that situation, you have Zach Levine playing four on three. He can step up and hit threes once he gets going downhill. We all know what happens. He's getting to the line, um, and he's finishing with that uh, fake pass. And if he needs to create the right play, he will. But I, th- I think basically, you are going to have to be in a position where you put not only are you like playing with the advantage, but you are putting the ball in the right person's hands so that when they get the opportunity to make the advantage. They can. Um, I think Vuce is more than capable of doing that. I think he's going to be crucial in that role. I'm also not sure I'd want to bring Jakob Pertl up to half court to trap Demar. So I think they're going to be ha- they're going to have to be careful. But it's really going to come down to those three guys making the right plays. And oftentimes, I don't think that's going to be looking for their own shot. I think it's going to be finding Caruso or Patrick Beverly back cutting or spotting up in the corner or whatever it is. But like those guys have to hit their shots.
0: Man. Will you just mentioned the other name that I have been reading and hearing a lot when you talk about X-factor players in this play-in game matchup. That's Jakob Pertl. You know, we, we know what he can do as an interior defender, but there are a lot of people out there who believe that he's going to be able to eat uh, against the Bulls' defense. Uh, our, our friend No did a great video breakdown that he posted a couple of days ago uh, about just how lethal... Uh, pertle is as as a role guy in this Raptors offense. Are, are any and all of you guys concerned about the the offensive impact that Pertle's going to have on this game?
2: Yeah, because every time I, he played the Bulls, he was he was eating, as they said. I remember him whooping the Bulls' <laughs> ass with the Spurs uh, constantly. Like I remember it. So yeah, no, he is a concern, yeah. um, definitely, and he makes them much more formidable on both ends of the ball. But yeah, definitely offensively. You now voos can't you know really rest on that defensive end you know like because he has to you know actually worry about a guy scoring on him and and yakupurto and the guy who i've seen score on him um so yeah it's it's gonna be a problem for sure um hopefully like hopefully voos can find a way you know and take advantage of 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 some uh mismatches or some switches or something but find a way to actually you know uh combat yakipurto because it's not like he's missed a world beater but he he definitely was putting the foot between the cheeks of the bulls. When I him saying. him
0: scoring inside is a greater success rate than the Raptors shooting threes. And you know, like they got some guys who can get hot. We've seen Gary Trent Jr. get crazy hot. Uh, you know, Chris Boucher can can occasionally have those games on the offensive end, but. Yeah. If I'm the Bulls, I'm I'm probably thinking the same thing that the Raptors are thinking, which is we'll take our chances leaving your shooters open. But the Bulls have been got been getting burned on leaving shooters open a lot this
3: season,
2: all season. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think he's, the- he's
3: he's another element. Darwin. You know, they can they can play Siakam at the five, which is something I think they will do. Um, like we kind of talked about, you can have good size out there, but. If that size doesn't defensive rebound, it doesn't really matter. Like Siakam's going to be able to get on the offensive glass against whoever when he's playing the five. Um, but to have that sort of big, uh, big guy who can roll, who has soft touch, and then who can find shooters in the short roll, like you're right, Matt, they don't have a ton of shooters, but they do have Gary Trent and OG Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet is really good at creating looks. Um, you know, if Siakam or Scotty Barnes get going, like, Anything can happen in these single elimination one game samples. So if you do really load up on the paint and prevent shots at the rim, which is what the bulls want to do, you are giving up those open threes. And if the Raptors make them, that could be enough to to sink you. So the bulls have to be really careful not to get in foul trouble when Caruso or Patrick Beverly, as the low man are sliding over to help protect the rim. But then they also have to do a really good job getting out and scrambling. We know that the bulls are comfortable in rotation, we know that they're really good at it, but they also give up a lot of threes. So that's going to be a challenge for them. They have to get out there and contest, but they also have to eliminate those drives to the lane because Jakob Pertl will finish over you.
1: Yeah, I look, I'm, I'm a terrible gambler, but the one the one time that I have consistently made money is points over on Jakob Pertl. So David was <laughs> bit about Jakob Pertl and the fact that like he, he was really good in his first game For the Raptors against the Bulls. But to your point, like he's consistently eaten against the Bulls when he back in the Spurs days, even earlier in this season when the Bulls lost in game four, whatever it was against the Spurs. From memory, at least, Purdue was big in that game. So the Bulls are susceptible to a a big rim rolling center. So he bootches at the level at pick and roll. That center is getting behind him. So then it it becomes a situation of who's the low man in that situation. And it's typically one of DeMar or, or Zach. So if they're late or if they don't come over w- properly and don't help properly, then they're, well, well, they're leaving their man more generally, but they're not necessarily going to be in position to help on Pirtle who potentially will eat at the rim. But if they're rotating off their man and that second rotation is late, they're, they're typically defending like someone like a Scotty Barnes as an example, or maybe it's an OG, guys who want to attack the glass. So not only are you sort of missing the the, the matchup there on the Jakob the Pertl rim roll, but you're potentially, the flow and effect of that might be that you're out of rotation now and someone like Scotty Barnes or OG Ananobi or maybe even Siakam, whoever it might be, they're now getting into that position where they can help baseline or help hit the offensive glass. So I think that's a really salient point in terms of the the Vooch. Well, it's not necessarily a Vooch direct matchup with Jakob Pertl, but how the Bulls defend Jakob Pertl like that's the start of the breakdown on defense. And that's the start of how the Raptors can get onto the offensive glass. So I kind of want to see Vooch less at the level in pick and roll against this matchup. And I'd rather him drop a little bit. So you're hopefully taking away Jakob Pert or some. And in doing so, it means less low man rotation, less less of a need for Zach and Zach and DeMar to come over and to help on the, on the rolling center. That hopefully keeps them on their guy that's sitting on the wing that's ready to roam baseline and hit the, the offensive glass. So, in this instance, I would probably want to revert back to more of a drop coverage type scheme and have Vooch less at the level, but I don't know. We'll see what happens because the Bulls have been doing more of Vooch at the level type stuff this season, but I think it probably makes sense to, to, to drop him more in this particular matchup because of the portal factor.
0: Yeah. And of course, the, you know, the other risk there is uh, if you give Van Vliet some space on on those pick-and-roll scenarios, you know, we know Van Vliet can get hot too. And, you know, letting, letting him, you know, uh, rise and fire from the top of the key. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all, all difficult decisions that Billy's going to have to, to make uh, as best he can. Um, all right, we got to take one more break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the other play-in games we got tonight and tomorrow, starting with that 7-8 matchup in the East – the loser of which, if the Bulls win tomorrow, they would face to get that last playoff seed. Today's episode of CHGO Bulls also brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. It's NBA playoff time, y'all. Big Dave's favorite time of the year. Money too, honestly, that means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any of these NBA playoff games and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Just open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Opt in and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. Take your pick. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10, which is perfect because that's like my honey hole dollar amount for my same game parlays. $10. I get $10 back if it doesn't hit. Why not do it? So draft, download that DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use that promo code CHGO and sign up to take incredible, uh, take advantage of that credible offer. $5 down on a pregame NBA playoff moneyline bet to score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code CHGO. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. In Massachusetts, or visit gamblinghealthlinema.org in New York, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Kansas, 800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 and over in most eligible states, age varies by jurisdiction, eligibility restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gaming resources, so excited Two games for same-game parlays tonight.
2: Oh, man. Well, when you're getting all that excitement in there and you're being all excited, getting all these things, of course, you want to be looking right in your proper gear. You want to be representing the team that you're rooting for. And the great place to get that is FOCO. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. And where you get that from, y'all? From FOCO. The hoodies, the shoes, the signs, the bobbleheads, and everything – in betwixt. It's springtime, y'all. It's peck season. And of course, it's also baseball season. So you get those aloha aloha shirts, those straw hats, those polos, those bags, everything you need for a game. Matt, do you wear aloha shirts?
3: Not usually, no.
2: Not usually, Will.
3: Do I wear what?
2: Nope, nope, Mark K. <laughs> Nope, all right. Never. Aloha shirts, Will, like the Hawaiian shirts.
3: Oh, you know, Aloha. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> he said low high, and I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't think you wear those either. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you also get set decorations, because Foco has donated a few awesome pieces to our set. So let's go show them some love, y'all. Why not show them some love for hooking us up, which in turn makes us more excited to talk about the teams that we love. So check out foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non presale items. Use the promo code C-H-G-O for 10% off because it's foco. Fo-show.
0: Folk right, guys. We got three other playing games between tonight and tomorrow. Big Dave, I know you said that you had a particular interest in the other playing game in the East, 7-8. Hawks-Heat. What do you see that intrigues you about this game tonight?
2: Uh, one, I see an ass-whooping uh, because I think the Heat are going to <laughs> definitely win this game. Uh, and the head-to-head this season, like the Heat have won it 3-1. to one. And immediately I thought of the playoffs the last time they played and just the destruction, terror, and mayhem they rained down upon <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks And there. It hasn't stopped. They definitely have their number and it is just rolled over and continues on, man. Um, they beat the Hawks on, in the last two games of the season. It was a back-to-back. They beat them in both of those games, and neither one was particularly close. Like you just knew it. But the main guy who's been who's been um, doing it for him, of course, is is the Will Gottlieb and Marquay approved Jimmy Butler doing his thing. Joey, do, do you have that for me? Can you show that, please? If you have it, uh, little Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Jordan. Uh, you see him doing his thing against this team: twenty-five a game, eight rebounds, the six assists. Ooh. He hasn't missed a, a three and the 92% from the free throw line was in particularly interesting to me because as you see two of those three games, 10 plus attempts at the free throw line. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. The wins that they played two the three, cause he didn't play in, in, in one of the games, but two of the three that he has played in 10 plus attempts at that free throw line. He has been absolutely vicious. And you know, when Jimmy Butler, He's a different guy, you know, when those playoffs come around, especially in Miami. He is a different person when the playoffs come around, man. This is what he rests up for. This is what he takes off for the All-Star Game for, is to be ready for the postseason. And this is first time in the play-in, I believe. So he's he's going to come out ready to rock, man. I, I expect a, a real beatdown tonight, Will.
3: Uh, 100% agree. I mean, I think the Heat just kind of have the Hawks number, to your point, that playoff series – They just like sucked the air out of the room. Um, I also think like the Hawks try to big boy you, like we saw against uh, in their last matchup, like Sadiq Bay is trying to post up Zach and they're trying to target, you know, Kobe with Jalen Johnson and all these guys. And like, Jimmy's just bigger. Like you're, you're not going to try to big boy basketball, Jimmy Butler. So um, I think the heat are well-equipped to defend them. Obviously, you know, not as deep as they were last year without P.J. Tucker. Um, but I just think they're a better team and they're more experienced. And I think, yeah, just like give me Jimmy Butler in, in a playoff game.
2: Yeah, you know, I want to come to Marquette with a quick, but I want to show this real quick because I don't want to run out of, of time before. The, but um, Joey, can you put this one up? Because the one person who has truly, truly struggled uh, against this team it has been uh, Trey Young. Trey Young has just been tough and has struggled against him, man, very, very much. Now, <laughs> he has he has been tough on him, man. Like, it's been bad. Now, for the season, um, Trey Young, you know, averaging those 26, you know what I'm saying, those 10 assists. Now, he's shooting 42 and 33 for three. He knows the lowest of his rookie season. But look at him against the Heat. Look at what he does against the Heat, man. 19, 9, 35% from the field and 20% from the three-point line. He had a game where he went 0 for 5 from the three-point line. The last two games they played against the Heat, he is one for 10 from the three-point line. He has just been absolutely atrocious, man. He had a 10 turnover game this season uh, against those Miami Heat. Uh, What is it, Mark K, that the Heat, uh, are doing to trey young man because it just seems like he's just completely out of his comfort zone when he plays that team
1: well they're bigger that, that that's certainly uh, for starters but they have they, they the reason why the heat are so good against the raptors is that they they're because of bam and because of jimmy and because of you know several other defenders that they have in place they have that that ability to send multiple coverages essentially they can they'll play a lot of zone against the, the hawks they can they they can send two like the raptors will like this is the, the funny thing actually like going back to our conversation of what we expect from Bulls-Raptors, like a lot of the things that probably Hawks fans are talking about as well, like how are the how are the Hawks going to navigate uh, when the Heat send two to, to Trey Young type thing? We're having that same conversation with DeMar and, and the Raptors, but they're going to have to have that conversation now with, with Trey. And I guess the one different thing, maybe in past years, maybe not necessarily this season, but in past years, like the Hawks now have DeJounte Murray, who's probably like their ex-factor. Like we talked about it before about... Zach Levine or whether it's Kobe or Virch whoever is taking advantage of the situations whereby maybe the offense or maybe the defense gives you advantages that you can create in that sense like they're probably relying so much on someone like DeJounte to sort of help prop up Trey because the the Heat are just so good at taking away what he does on on, on the pick and roll and those sorts of things whether it's taking away his, his, his ability to shoot which he hasn't been shooting the ball that great this season more generally but taking away his passing lanes as well so they're just really good because they can mix up coverages. They can they can do a whole a whole bunch of different things, just like the Raptors can. So it's it's an interesting matchup in that point of view. But um, coming back to that image, you guys know I'm not a rap guy. Now <laughs> I know I do know that's an outcast thing, yeah. Am, am I? Yes. What, what's the connection between is outcast well, from Atlanta? Is that why the trade? Yes. you. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm so glad you asked, sir. Well, as you know, when I'm sending these graphics in, they're always going to be named after some <laughs> kind of album. And so when I sent it in, they're playing Atlanta. I'm like, well, I'm going to get an artist that's from Atlanta. And okay, since Trey Young has been absolutely trash, how about we just call this Stankonia? And then Joe <laughs> saw that and inspired him to put Trey Young's face on Andre 3000, which is absolutely brilliant by Young Joseph right there. So yes, Markay, you're dead on. So give yourself some credit. You're dead on.
1: So it's pronounced Stankonia. So I always yes, thought sir. of
3: Stankonia.
2: Hey, I'm learning today stank. stank. Okay.
3: You know what else okay. stank is the fact that Trey Young is like already in trade rumors. Dude. Like the Hawks are like they just People seem like they're ready to implode. All all like Raptors have been like in should they or shouldn't they blow it up all year. The Bulls obviously were in the same boat. The Hawks like all these teams are just like so tired stank of themselves. Tony. They uh-huh. stank. And I'm ready for all three of them to be done. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: honestly, I'm I'm with y'all. I think uh, he roll easily. That's the thing that's funny to me is that the Hawks season isn't even over yet. And the timing of when that report came out that the Hawks front office is now like or, or Hawks ownership is now like, oh, yeah, you can, you can trade Trey if you want. I will say this, though. I've seen Bulls fans starting that talk again. I, I will hear none of it. I, I do not want Trey Young. I don't. I don't. Stop. Nope. Stop talking. Yeah. Well, the other um, thing
3: That's interesting is like Nick Nurse is now in rumors to be on the short list of head coaches that the Raptors want. So like, again, all these teams, it seems like they've already packed it in. And that's just like antithetical to, I think, what the NBA wants to do with the play in tournament. So we'll see what happens. But uh, just I wouldn't want to be any of these teams right now.
0: uh moving west we can look at these uh quickly we got thunder and pelicans in the 9-10 matchup um thunder obviously very young pels in and out of injury issues with their guys all season long but you know brandon ingram been a killer they do have more veteran experience on that team i think I, i like the pels just because of that, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this Thunder team, we've seen what they could do all season, especially SGA, Dave.
2: Yeah, Joey, can you show me that SGA graphic, please, sir? This dude has been absolutely phenomenal and and truly, truly special uh, with what he's been doing, man. Like 31 a game is just dumb for a guy who's not a great uh, three-point shooter. Definitely DeMar DeRozan on him, but look at all the career highs um, that he's having in points and field goals and steals and blocks and true shooting percentage. His win share last year was 4.6. It is 11.4 this year, man. Look at he you has with been the a, big That stat. is absolutely awesome, man. He has been really, truly special uh, this season. His highest, um, he scored his career high in points this season against the Pelicans. He dropped 44 on them. He tied it against Portland, but he got his first one um, against uh, those Pelicans, man. They have no answer for him. And that's why every game they've played, it has been close. Now, the Pelicans have won three to one. They've won that series three to one. And what I do find very interesting about this, guys, is the fact that Ingram and CJ McCollum have not played together in either one of these, in any game they played this season, against the Thunder. Either C., uh McCollum's played or Ingram's played. And Ingram's only played one game. And when he played that one game, he had 34. So that's what I'm very interested to watch and to see. How how that matchup kind of works for them that that should be interesting. But I also think the other thing on the on the uh, Thunder side, which is good, is the Will Gottlieb approved small ball that they're going to be running against them. Man, and one guy they've taken completely out of that is Uh Joey, can you show that please? tunis uh, has has been that guide for them, and as you can see, what he's been doing on the season the fourteen again, the ten rebounds, thirty five from three in the twenty five minutes. The minutes against the Thunder uh, dropped to 22, but his three his uh, three point percentage dropped to 20 (laughs) against them, man. And you see, he's averaging 11, and and he's averaging seven uh, against that team, man. So he has struggled, and they have taken him out in the in the third game they played. He played only 16 minutes, and they had to get him out of there uh, because he just isn't that guy for that kind of matchup. Uh, against the Thunder man he really struggles against uh, those faster teams like that who can really get in there and swap the ball because once the rebound doesn't go your way it's five on four every single time so he's he's a struggle he's a guy that that they have to find a way to either you know get him going or just get him out of the game maybe throwing Herb Jones in there you know or something maybe Clark you know however they want to do it but it has to be another way guys
3: Yeah, I think they are. One thing that the Thunder do is always have five shooters on the floor, and it's just really tough to be a big man in that scenario. It must be nice. I don't know what that could possibly be like, but having five shooters out there really stretches the defense out, and it kind of eliminates those kind of bigs. Um, I think that the Pelicans are probably a better team right now, but obviously no Zion, um, and, and they're at home. But I think that the Thunder have the best player in the series or in the in the game. So if you have the best player in a single elimination game, that could be the advantage. Um, Shea is amazing. I think he would be on my first team All-NBA this year. Ooh. Just absolutely outrageously good. And I think like I've complained about the Bulls being in the play-in and sort of operating as though this is a success by making the postseason um, for the Thunder, for an up-and-coming young team like that, that absolutely is, I think, a big yeah. step forward for them. And I think, you know, whether they win this game or just stay competitive, I think that's a big uh, step forward for that franchise.
0: For all of the young talent the Thunder have, and all of the picks they still have, getting into the play-in, you're that's just playing with house money, and it's an incredible achievement. Um, and, and I, you know, like I, like you guys seem to agree. I, I think. The Pels are the better team, but I would not be surprised to see OKC win that game. Um, Last one, and sadly, it now looks like a dud because it could have been cool, but lakers Wolves. all of the drama ended up happening before the actual game will be played because you were shorthanded, if you're Minnesota, losing Nas Reed with that broken wrist, and he is a solid rotation piece for them, has been. Then... Rudy Gobert punches Kyle Anderson. The team decides to suspend him for this first play-in game. They didn't have to. The league made no punishment. The Wolves decided to suspend Rudy Gobert for punching Kyle Anderson, who called Rudy Gobert a bitch. (laughs) Then, on his way to the halftime locker room of that same regular season finale, Jaden McDaniels, who would be a huge piece for Minnesota defensively in this matchup where you got to deal with LeBron, you got to deal with AD and McDaniels, all defensive team material this season, breaks his hand, punching a wall, walking down the tunnel. This could have been a really cool game, and instead it just looks like a layup automatic. We're going to punch our ticket for the seven seed for the Lakers, which you all probably can guess drives me absolutely crazy. But it is kind of funny how we got here.
2: Yo, go ahead, Marque. Yeah.
1: I was just going to say, like, it's it's one thing to lose two of your starters, but to literally lose the two starters that were going to guard LeBron and Anthony Davis, like, Jada McDaniels was going to get the LeBron matchup, Gobert yeah. was going to get the, the the AD matchup, like, it completely flips everything now, the Cats probably starting at center, it changes your defensive scheme, they're, they're a drop-heavy team, do you want to play drop defense with Cat? Probably not, so... It literally just changes everything for the Wolves. So I I too feel this very similarly. I think this is going to be an easy Lakers win. Um, And I actually think now they're they're well set up to make a bit of a run in the postseason, which will probably annoy you, Matthew. But uh, I think they're going to beat the Grizzlies now in in that first round matchup. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Like Grizzlies are second. If the Lakers win this, they will be seventh, So that'll be the first round. I think that's a really good matchup for the Lakers. And I think they could could make a Western Conference run here. So um, this is all set up perfectly for the lakers and uh we have the wolves being absolute douchebags to uh to thank for that so uh yeah easy easy lakers w here
3: lakers warriors in the second round it's gonna be good for the ratings um yeah i think it also puts into perspective how insane of a trade the rudy gobert trade was this past summer um
0: Weren't you advocating that the Bulls get Rudy at one point, Will? I feel like okay, I remember so that. Let,
3: let, uh, let me finish. <laughs> yeah, let me finish. I, <laughs> I, think, so I think the Vucevic trade, I think people have gotten really frustrated with Vuce over the two plus years that he's been with the Bulls, in large part due to the fact that they traded what they traded to get him. I think a lot of the frustration comes from the package And less of it comes from who he is as a player, because I think we can all agree he is a very solid player, easily a top 10 center in the league. Um, I think Rudy, at his best, is more impactful on one end of the floor than Vooch. And I do think Rudy has underperformed way more than I thought he would. I thought it would be an upgrade to get Rudy because I did not think the Bulls had a chance to put together a good defense. Obviously, they proved me wrong. They were top five defense all year. And to be able to do that with Vooch as the anchor, I think is really impressive. I think it speaks to his ability and I think it speaks to the collective unit and what Billy has been able to get out of these guys playing together. But none of that matters because of how much the Timberwolves paid to get Rudy Gobert. If the Bulls had done something like that, it would have been just really a disaster. So for that price, I would never have done the Rudy Gobert trade I do think that he provides different value, but obviously he was trending down. And I think Vooch has trended back upwards, if not at the very least, stayed the same. So um, that that pick could very well end up being a late lottery pick that is unprotected going to the jazz. Like that could jump up. And, you know, in addition to the three other picks, a swap and Walker Kessler and Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt that they gave up. It's looking worse and worse. Really bad.
1: Yeah. Couldn't make the trade for Gobert? The Bulls, because they have already given up their first round fix. So they couldn't have made that trade anyway that the Wolves did. So uh William, uh, you're absolved in some
0: sense in that way. way I'm just trying to help
1: you out here, it. but uh, like let that. the record show that I was very much <laughs> against the Go right? trade, and
0: Will was. There you go. I uh, all right, gentlemen, game. we are uh, about an hour out from tip-off of the beginning of the NBA Play-In Tournament, so let's all go get ready to enjoy some kind of playoffish hoops. Then the Bulls will get their turn tomorrow night. <laughs> We all know what I'm rooting for. Um, yeah. In the meantime, before we are back for pregame at 5.30 Central Time tomorrow before Bulls Raptors, you can follow Will on Twitter, Will underscore Gottlieb. Mark plugged it for him. I'll do it again. Read his awesome Bulls Raptors preview column up now on allchgo.com. Big Dave is at BOW, B-A-W-L Sports. Mark M-K-HOOPS on Bulls underscore Peck. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Shout out. Thanks to our guy, Joey Spathis. We're going to control behind the scenes. We will see you for play in pregame tomorrow night, five thirty. Until then, this has been CHO Bulls Pod, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. See you, right, be good.
2: Peace, Barbara Streisand.